Hello and welcome to Falun Dafa Information Center's new show, The Falun Gong Bulletin, where we cover news from China and offer our insight and analysis on why it matters to us, even right here in the West. Hi, I'm Ben Maloney, Digital Outreach Director for Falun Dafa Information Center. And I'm Cynthia Sun, researcher at Falun Dafa Information Center. In today's show, we'll cover new developments of a forced organ harvesting bill in the United States, two incidents of transnational repression, both in New York City and in Australia. And then we'll wrap up today's show with a deep dive into three active family rescue cases and what you can do to help. First news item is on the House Foreign Affairs Committee and how they advanced Bill HR 1154. This bill we've been talking about for the past two years at least. It's also called the Stopped Forced Organ Harvesting Act. And anytime someone asks us um, like how forced organ harvesting is so horrific, what can I do to help? This is one of our top recommendations. And now it's passed the Select Committee and it's moving to the House for a vote. And so sometime in the upcoming year, we'll expect to see this move further and further to passing. H.R. 1154 would do two things. It would permit the U.S. State Department to impose sanctions on perpetrators like Chinese physicians or Chinese officials to freeze their assets in America and also prohibit them from ever coming into the states. The second thing is it would require the U.S. Secretary of State to make an annual report to Congress about foreign uh, countries and the organ harvesting developments. This wouldn't apply just to China. It would apply to any foreign country who is complicit in forced organ harvesting. But China is one of the biggest perpetrators. So right, with Falun Gong being the largest victims, according to the London Tribunal yeah. of forced organ harvesting in China and likely the world. And this follows two bills already passed in the United Kingdom and Canada. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but once the United States passes 1154, it would actually be a tremendous effort between the three countries to continue to pressure China to stop their forced organ harvesting industry. Stop Forced Organ Harvesting Act is debated next. We'll have updates on our social media, so be sure to follow us there. And also, we'll mention it on a future episode. The next news item is on transnational repression. Transnational repression is when a government goes to another foreign country and suppresses its diaspora. Freedom House named the Chinese regime as one of the biggest perpetrators of this. They said the Chinese regime engages in the most sophisticated, global, and comprehensive campaign in the world. And among its targets are Falun Gong. We've seen this happen numerous times over the years. The most recent one was in New York City. It's unclear if this is transnational repression because there's no really there's no clear ties to the Chinese consulate, but it is transnational persecution. On February 18th and in the days prior, a individual named Zhong Ping Ti physically attacked Falun Gong volunteers at an informational booth in Flushing, Queens, which is in New York City. This individual actually has a history of verbally abusing Falun Gong volunteers and also cursing towards volunteers when he passes by the booth. This is the first time that he's physically assaulted an individual. Police arrested him and he was charged with third degree assault 
and taken to Queens County Criminal Court. And that um, wasn't the only the only recent incident of transnational oppression. There was no. another one in Australia's capital. In Canberra, actually, on October 2022, um, Falun Gong practitioner Nancy Dong was attacked by a 30-year-old named Kang Zhao and two accomplices. At first, Kang approached her car and ripped off the sign on her hood, which read, the CCP does not equate to China and end the evil CCP. Nancy, the Falun Gong practitioner, attempted to take her phone, and she said, quote, this young man then grabbed my neck with his elbow, lifted me up, and threw me to the ground. He then started to kick and punch me. I almost fainted from the fall, and I lost the ability to resist his attack. Nancy is an, an older practitioner. Um, she was actually persecuted pretty severely within China for her belief in Falun Gong. She flees China, gets to Australia, where she's able to live in a free country and express her ideas and, and her beliefs freely, especially expressing the, the idea that the CCP does not equal China. And, you know, I mean, she has personal experience with how evil the Chinese Communist Party is. After trying to deface her, her property and, and this sign, picks this older woman up and slams her to the ground and then kicks and punches her in Australia. So I think we have to pause and understand, like, even if there's no direct evidence that, oh, the Chinese Communist Party, you know, paid this individual or something to, to go do this, there is evidence that they've done that, you know, internationally. But why is it that they're happening? And why is it that a 30-year-old man would pick up an elderly woman who's probably the age of his mother and slam her to the ground and kick and punch her? What kind of country produces men like that? Mm -hmm. What kind of mentality does it take for you to believe that is so normal and okay and you have such hatred that you will go to a free country and, and where it's clearly, I mean, against the law and do that. What do we think is happening in China? Of course, if you watch the show, you know what's happening. But the fact that, that that person has been so indoctrinated with the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda campaign against Falun Gong and seen such violence that's just an okay part of their society against Falun Gong, where people are being you know, beaten, um, defaced on TV, thrown into prisons and, and being killed, mm -hmm. that that spills over internationally. And the same with the individual who was in his 70s that was assaulting people in New York City. And this is happening again and again. But we have to understand that this is a direct result of the Chinese Communist Party persecution campaign. And it doesn't just end in China. This is the scary part, that these individuals are coming abroad and performing violence um, as a result of, of what the Chinese Communist Party is telling them. And if they believe it or, or whatever. And so I think we just have to highlight how abnormal that is. And that does not happen with other countries. Yeah, I wanted to also mention the people that the Chinese Communist Party are producing and their ideas are also flowing. Mm. Most of, if not over 90% of the Chinese language newspapers in the United States, Australia, Canada, the uh, European Union are actually state-run media. Or, or directly financed and controlled somehow by the Chinese Communist Party. Right. So like People's Daily, China Daily, all of those are mouthpieces, basically. Yeah, Xinhua, so, all that. Yeah. So they repeat the propaganda abroad. And so we've seen how they can make, you know, physical impact and actually... Um, yeah, they have real world consequences. Exactly. I think it's really interesting. Maybe you could share um, what she read in her impact statement, yeah. like how she was affected by this? Yeah, she said um, in court in early March this year that, quote, the violent attack that happened to me in public in Canberra is a shocking and horrifying experience. Five months have passed. My injured leg has not fully recovered. 
It still hurts and I even feel it hard to lift my leg. Back in China, I suffered from brutal persecution for practicing Falun Gong. I was arrested on many occasions and during the last time, more than a dozen policemen broke into my home at midnight, seized our belongings, including cash, and took both me and my husband away. Our nine-year-old daughter was left alone at home with no one to take care of her. Because of not giving up my practice, I was illegally sentenced to the labor camp for one year and my husband for one and a half years. We were forced to do 12 to 14 hours of hard labor work a day, making plastic flowers, handmade products, lighters, etc. She said that Kong Zhao had injured her physically and mentally. When you talk to these victims or you hear from these victims, it's it's so traumatic, right? I mean, her experience, she's talking about the forced labor camps, uh, you know, hard labor um, that's still going on today or, or torture. And this obviously leaves a really deep physical and, and, and mental scars on practitioners. And they have like what you might call like a PTSD, of course. And then so for you to be in a free country and have this this happen is is just so unacceptable and shocking. But I think What's really uh, interesting about this is, is despite her background and despite, you know, the, what happened to her, she also read another uh, section, which I want to read mm-hmm. uh, out of court. And I think this really goes to show who are Falun Gong practitioners. You know, we hear a lot about the persecution, but really deep down, what do they believe in and how do they act? And she said, however, if you can realize your wrongdoing and sincerely apologize, I'll forgive you because Falun Gong teaches me to practice truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance and treat all people with kindness and forgiveness under any circumstances. And then she goes on to say, I hope that you can understand that the CCP is not China. Please do not hurt others again in the name of patriotism, and please respect others' freedom of expression. She was beaten. She has every right to be upset, have anger, but she chooses to have forgiveness. And she chooses to, to, to sort of have a lot of compassion for this person and say, you've obviously been fooled. You need to really understand the CCP is not China, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that's really incredible. It kind of shows in like the worst circumstances that this person is really acting in in her faith. Her faith believes in truthfulness, compassion, tolerance, and she's acting that way even even in the circumstance. I think it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that she still has hope and optimism even after all of that. These two incidents in New York and Australia actually are part of a larger trend, like we said earlier, in London, San Francisco. Houston, Australia, and South Africa, um, and other regions with any CCP influence or presence, these incidents are numerous over the past two decades. And so what's being done? One, like in these cases, the local police has helped and arrested and taken to court some of these suspects. Second, the Department of Justice and the Department of Defense have been involved with tracking down whether or not they have um, ties with the Chinese Communist Party. And also there's a bill that's been introduced in the United States called the Falun Gong Protection Act. And it hasn't gotten to the House yet. We'll also update with new developments if that does um, come up. In today's deep dive, we're going to cover family rescue cases. And for the past many years, uh, Falun Dafa Information Center has highlighted family rescue cases of Falun Gong practitioners in China who have family members abroad, whether it be in, the, in Europe, United States, Canada, and elsewhere. And the persecution of Falun Gong has raged since 1999 and has torn apart countless families and created countless orphans. 
and turn childhood dreams into nightmares. I mean, we just heard about um, the practitioner who was assaulted in Australia and how when she was in China, she, she, her house was ransacked. They take her and her husband away. They just leave the nine-year-old daughter there. And that's the case of millions and millions of Falun Gong practitioners today uh, and since 1999. We want to highlight three active family rescue cases because oftentimes these cases do end in tragedy. But these are three active cases and there are actions that you can take as our viewer or a supporter uh, of human rights to, to, to help influence them. And the first one is one might, yeah, you might be uh, aware of, which is uh, about New York resident Grace Chen's parents. Mr. Yang Chen and Ms. Jumin Tao. Grace is only 18, and she actually just testified at the International Religious Summit in 2023, and her testimony was moving everyone to tears. And we, we have some, um, we can put some links below, but we reported on that before. And the couple was detained in uh, October of 2020, along with 19 other Falun Gong practitioners, just for studying the teachings of Falun Gong. So we just, we just talked to you about the practitioner in Australia who was forgiving and believes in truthfulness, compassion, tolerance, can forgive someone that beat her. And so these, these practitioners in China are just trying to study teachings like that, that teach them to be good people and forgive people and, and try to act with truthfulness, compassion, tolerance. And for that, um, they were arrested. The problem is that right now, there's no, nobody's been able to get in contact with them. And so Grace hasn't been able to get in contact with her parents. Lawyers are being pressured not to take the case. They can't get in contact. And so kind of their well-being is very unknown at this point. And the current location of, the, of her parents, as far as we're aware, um, as of November... Uh, 2022, as far as we know, um, is her father is at Wangling Prison and her mother is currently imprisoned at Hunan Province Women's Prison. So we'll put some links below, uh, which will take you to our family rescue page. We'll give you a couple of actions that you can take to help. Uh, for Grace especially, um, she's rather worried because her parents have been detained and they were persecuted and tortured in detention before. And so having no news is actually worse than knowing. Yeah. The second family rescue case is in the United Kingdom. UK resident Xuan Ming was notified in February that his mother, Liu Pingtong, was arrested for passing out flyers in China. His family in China called the Domestic Security Office bureau head uh, named Diao Chen about his mother. And Diao said the authorities are preparing to sentence her three to five years in prison for talking to others about Falun Gong. This means that they've already decided, even before giving her a chance to defend herself in court. Right. Or... And we, we should mention there's no due process, right? So the, even the, the persecution of Falun Gong is, is, is illegal, even in China. I mean, it's not, it has no legal basis. And so when they're arresting practitioners and determining sentences or doing show trials or whatever they're doing, it has really no legal basis, nor does it have sentencing guidelines, of mm -hmm. course. So it's completely arbitrary as, as far as how they're sentenced and where they're sentenced. And the, the, the major point here is she hasn't even been put on trial yet. So you can't even, the Chinese Communist Party couldn't even claim or lie that, oh, there's some sort of due process mm -hmm. because they've already told them the sentence before there's a trial. So the trial is just, I mean, an absolute joke. The important thing also is three years ago, his mother was just released from an eight-year sentence. Chinese authorities had punished her that time also for publicly, erase, uh, publicly raising awareness for the persecution of Falun Gong. Her son, Xuan Ming, who's in the UK now, was actually back in China at that time. And police forced him to sign a fabricated case document on her behalf, which essentially was served as evidence to sentence her for those eight years. And, and she actually, uh, during, that, the, during that time, they persecuted her so badly she had kidney failure. 
And then when she had kidney failure, she was in the hospital, but they wouldn't release her. And then they, what did they tell her son? The police told her son when they tried to, you know, get her released for medical parole that since his mother was having kidney failure, the police would count her as a natural death if she died and they wouldn't bear any responsibility for it. Yeah, it's terrible. It just goes to show, like we've talked about the transnational uh, cases of these people with this hatred, you know, and, and coming abroad and assaulting you know, elderly women. And then if you look at these kind of prison guards and they've just been so indoctrinated with this Chinese Communist Party mentality and then this persecution that's been raging for 23 years, that they're, they're willing to do that to an elderly lady to just say something like, if she dies, kind of, you know, that's a natural death, even though you caused the death. And so I think that the psychological scope of the people in China, you know, whether it be the ordinary citizens that then come abroad and are assaulting people or the prison guards, there's a whole mentality that's just totally warped um, and pretty much not human when it comes to this persecution. No accountability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. On March 3rd, Xuan Ming created a change petition for his mother, and in two days he received 500 signatures. And so his petition will be in the description box if you're interested in supporting him and his family. And the third case is one that we, we have talked about before, but it's about Lucy, who's, a, um, who's in Ontario uh, as an award-winning animation student in, in college. She's 24 years old. And her mother is still in China and was, uh, was just sentenced to three and a half years in prison. She was arrested in November 2021 officially, but she was actually abducted by local police in September. And so their life has been totally turned upside down by the persecution of Falun Gong when Lucy was just four years old, which is, you know, 20 years ago when the persecution was just starting. She uh, was abducted from her daycare and they held her for ransom until they could reach her mom, who they wanted to persecute for practicing Falun Gong. So her entire childhood, we talk about the orphans and we talk about these things. She's another person that life was totally torn apart. And now she's in Canada, you know, in a free country. And she, you know, her mother has been sentenced again. And so she uh, is currently uh, at Yunnan province number two women's prison. Um, and, and I believe her daughter's currently living in the Toronto area. And so we'll, we'll link in the description her below petition her well, petition yeah. as well. So, so you can sign that if you'd like to support. There's a couple ways that you can take action. And a couple of them we talked about, such as uh, visiting our family rescue page, writing an email or, or the local representatives in those countries, the U.S., where uh, in the states or provinces where the victim's families are so that they can actually put public pressure on the, on the Chinese Communist Party. You can also raise awareness by posting these stories and sharing them in social media, which does help because the more people that are aware of this, the better. And you can even write letters to the prisons where these innocent people are being held. And these letters can sometimes pressure the guards to lessen the persecution because they're aware that kind of the, the international, scrutiny. international scrutiny and awareness is on them. And of course, there's been sanctions recently. So, so it can, they, they are afraid of like the U.S. and everyone knowing. So this can also have an effect. And above else, I think we have to remember that this, this persecution of Falun Gong is such a large issue, encapsulates all of China, that when China is brought up and the Chinese Communist Party is brought up, we should bring it up and you should bring it up with the information we hope we're helping to provide to you in this show. And you think about it, you know, in 1999, there was about uh, 70 to 100 million people practicing Falun Gong, one out of every 13 people in China. But when you think about one person out of 13, every person has, you know, even with the one child policy, you know, four or five family members, you have parents, you have grandparents, you have, you have cousins, and then yeah. you extend that family to neighbors and coworkers, right? So one person easily knows 13. I mean, that's easily, right? A sphere, like a close sphere of influence. So when you think about it, one out of 13 are practicing Falun Gong, but the persecution of Falun Gong impacts all 13. 
it impacts all of China, not just less than 10%. Less than 10% are being brutally persecuted. But think about people that have to go along with this and say it's right and, and not speak up or see these good people being persecuted. So it impacts all of China. And it has for the last 20 years, 23 years. And so we see the impact of this when, when we see the transnational repression, we see these active family rescue cases. And so we hope that uh, you'll check out some of the ways that you can help and, 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 and sign or, or do some of the actions that are listed. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, please share and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.